You're listening to Trade Secrets with Oliver and Denise. If you work for Microsoft, you can't share operational secrets with someone from Apple. Yeah, that's true. But in relationships, though, it's a little different. We should share the good, the bad, all of those types of things that help our relationships to grow. Yeah, you're right about that. And I feel like the information shared in these conversations will do just that. So let's dive into today's episode. How you doing? Doing great. How are hey, you? I'm doing good too. You know, you, you already know we have great guests. We have great guests. I say it all the we time, always right? do. I say it all the time. We have great <laughs> guests. Who do we have today? Today we have Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo, and they are from the One Extraordinary Extraordinary Marriage Show. Did I say that right? One Extraordinary. extraordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah. The Extraordinary. Yeah, that I like the extra, actually. I, I, we could have some fun with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Is it Alyssa or Elisa? Alisa. You actually said it right. It was Alisa. Alisa. There you go. I, I'm terrible. With I know. You. I was. I, sure. I always wait. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, let's jump right into the conversation. Tony um, and Alisa, talk about just kind of introduce us to you. Wow, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, you know, we started the One Extraordinary Marriage nine years ago, and so I would say there is like before show mm-hmm. and after show of Tony and Elisa and who we are and even in our marriage. And so before that, we were a couple that had been married 13 years. We are just on our journey starting to connect again. The first 11 years of our marriage was pretty tough. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was just like we were just going through the motions. We mm-hmm. plateaued numerous times. We, we stared down divorce twice. We lost a child. Things happen. Wow. And after the show, Tony and Elisa is... A whole transformation. Yes, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting when you when you make a decision to put yourself out there uh, in such a public way as we have in the last nine years. We've put our marriage literally on display for ears around around the world to to listen to, to consume, to to chime in on, to comment on. And we made a commitment when we started the One Extraordinary Marriage Show that we were going to be you know open, honest, and transparent. And making that commitment to our listeners, and that came out in our fourth episode where we just laid, laid down that line, has meant that for the last nine years, everything that we've done has, has been with that in the back of our minds. Is it going to allow us to be open, honest, and transparent with wow. the one family? Yeah. And so it's really elevated our life. Wow, wow that's good. So, you, so talk about, because the transformation, right? That's a... Mm-hmm. That's a big word that probably encompasses a lot of intricacies, right? Yeah. yeah. What sparked that transition, that transformation? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great one. I love that's that one. That's a great one. story. It is because there was, there was a spark. Something had to change in our lives. And so one day, Lisa and I were in our bedroom watching a news show because of a friend of ours had uh, her child was on there. Her kid was on there. And after their segment, though, came these two couples, mm-hmm. and they were talking about sex challenges. Mm. One of them, the wife, gave her husband 365 days of sex for his 40th birthday. Wow. The other, they had sex for 101 days straight. 
Okay. So my eyes and ears sort of perk up a little bit because <laughs> right. I can't recall having that much sex in the <laughs> previous 11 years. Right. That would, that would have probably been the sum total of the previous 11 years. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. So I looked at Elisa and I said, you know what? We're about to lead a small group study for eight weeks at our church. And we're going to be discussing sex over the Song of Solomon. Why don't we, for the next eight weeks or once, once that starts, why don't we challenge ourselves to 60 days of sex. Wow. And I said, no, absolutely nope. not. Not going to happen. <laughs> kids, well, our kids were two and five at the time. And I just couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine it. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I was like, I'm exhausted. We're running a business. Like where do you, basically in my mind, I'm thinking, where do you think I've got time to have sex with you every day for 60 days? Like, 60 days. Nuts. And then she got up out of bed, went to the bathroom and made sure to put like this nice green mask on. To <laughs> then come out grab her book and make sure that I wasn't even going to try that evening. Yeah. That was the deterrent, right? <laughs> yeah. That was the whole, like the wall has gone up. We're good. <laughs> yeah. And the next day though, mm-hmm. that's where, that's where the, the transition happened. Well, cause it was really, you know, I, I tell people, you know, God meets you in all kinds of unexpected ways. And, and so he met me in our garage with a basket full of laundry mm. and really just felt like I heard the audible voice of God say, if you're not willing to try your marriage is over. Wow. He, hasn't asked you, he hasn't asked you to do anything crazy. He actually just wants you to make him a priority for 60 yeah. days. Wow. Wow. And, and if you're not willing to step oh. into that, then it's over. Wow. You're just going through the motions. And so Tony came home from work that day and I said, all right, I'm in. <laughs> and there'd been so much rejection in our marriage those first 11 years that, that he's like, in for what? Yeah, I was like on to something else because <laughs> it, it already just like, left my mind. I wasn't going to think about it. I wasn't going to dwell on it. And I was gone. And then when she said yes, in all honesty, I almost had a heart attack, I think, because I was like, uh, what do I do? Like, I I honestly just started, I got scared because I was going, oh my gosh, how are we going to make, how am I going to make that happen? I wasn't even thinking about Elisa at that point in time. It was all about me, which is where we were. You know, we were, we were two selfish individuals in a marriage. And we sat down though and we talked about it. We were like, this is how we're going to set it up. These are the stipulations that we want to run by and all this stuff. And out of those 60 days when we did it, we completed 40 out of 60. And that's where the spark happened and where mm-hmm. everything began to change for us. And it, it wasn't just like, oh, everything's beautiful and rainbows and unicorns once we did it. Mm-hmm. It was the starting point. We still had 11 years behind us right. of habits, bad attitudes, uh, negative thoughts, negative word, mindset that we had to continue to work through. Work on, yeah. And luckily for us, that's where the One Extraordinary Marriage Show has come in because every week for nine years, we sit behind these microphones and we talk to one another. Mm. And sometimes... They're great conversations. Other times they've been a little touchy and there's a bit of confrontation happening. And other times like we are now, we're in such a good place as we feel that we're in a place where we can just bless the one family. Wow. I love that. And I love what you said. Two things that you said that the when you finished the challenge or when you were in the challenge, the 60-day challenge, the, 11, the prior 11 years you still had the issues from that. Like when you were done, it wasn't like everything was perfect now. Right. So I love that you said that because it gives, like we always say, our listeners, you know, encouragement and hope, like this is a journey Right. Mm -hmm. to where you think you have arrived, quote unquote. It's just a journey. There's always going to be progress that needs to be made. And I love that you 
also said something to the effect of even now you have conversations that aren't always perfect, aren't always pretty. There's challenges still. Yeah. So I Just love last that, night. That Just last night, Alisa, yeah. we, we, before coming on. Last night. Yeah. I mean, I had two, two moments when I made comments that mm. were not acceptable. Mm. One to uh, one of our kids, one to the other, the other, <laughs> and both of them were not appropriate. And I had to come to terms with those. I had to address those with Elisa and, and she gave me feedback on, on that and you move forward. And yeah. you know what? We, we learn from those and, and believe me, it's still not easy sometimes when you have to admit that, you know what? I, I, I shouldn't have said here. Yeah, of course. Right. And I look to her though now is how should I go about rectifying that and making it right? Mm-hmm. You know? I love that. Yeah, good that's stuff. good. That's good stuff. I am um, just looking at you guys, right? And some of the stuff that you do, you talk about the challenges, right? We mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. So some of the stuff that you guys talk about has to do with uh, financial stuff. And some of the stuff that you talk about has to do with uh, pornography and some of those things. Talk about, and I'm, I'm kind of st- stuck in the transition phase, right? The transformation phase just for a second. Mm-hmm. Talk about how you dealt with some of those things, Mm-hmm. And I, obviously it's a journey. And so there's mm-hmm. some, probably some things that you still deal with or have to do to ensure that those things don't happen again. But talk about the turning point in terms of recognizing those issues and deciding, hey, we're going to we're going to face these head on. So one of the things that happened when we did the 60 days of sex challenge is that our our emotional intimacy, our communication went through a very significant improvement. Um, you know, prior to that, I as we look back, our conversations really felt very surface, right? And as we were going to this, in this process of making each other a priority, we started talking about dreams and hopes and desires and even hurts. And so we could be in this place where we could be more transparent. And I think that's something that a lot of couples in this day and age of selfies and Instagram and and all of the social media, Facebook and whatnot, we keep everything, even with our loved ones at a surface level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's developing that ability and it's something that we had to do and to actually, you know, put the phones down, Mm. put all the devices down, turn things off and say, you know what, let's just... Let's just talk. And one of the things that, that I learned about Tony in that process is that sometimes we actually do better. We call them our walk and talks. We do mm-hmm. better if we're not sitting down at the table, sitting across from each other or sitting in the living room like, okay, we need to make eye contact to have a serious yeah. conversation. Hmm. Instead, we live in San Diego, so it's very easy for us to get to the beach and go walk the beach or you know, where we live, walk your neighborhood, walk to a park, do something so that your bodies are moving so that you can have the conversations and it just lowers some of the emotional temperature because mm-hmm. we have dealt with big stuff. You know, Tony came into our marriage with, you know, an addiction to pornography that started when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. We've lost a child. You know, we had, we had a lot of hurts that had built up and it was saying, you know what, we're going to lay this out and we're going to take every day as, as we were going through those different healing process, what can I do today? Mm-hmm. I may not be perfect, but I can do something right. today to walk towards the vision that, that we had for our marriage, that we have for our marriage. That's awesome. I love that you said how you communicate. You go for walks, your bodies are moving. Because honestly, what we teach a lot or what we encourage a lot is sit close, touch each other. It's very difficult to be mad at your spouse when you're touching each other, when you're sitting close. It's difficult mm-hmm. 
you know, to keep the um, that level of tension, level of tension down. Is different, yeah. So this gives us a new perspective that that may not necessarily work for every couple. You know, you may right. need to get a, get up and move around and go for a walk or take a drive. That may be easier for you to communicate that way. So I love the different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Having different ways is key. And for us, you know, if we were sitting behind like a table or across from each other and we were knee to knee and put your hand on her knee and look into her eyes or, I mean, I just, I would freeze up. I would get defensive because I felt like it was all about, it was, she was just pointing a finger at me. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we're walking, we're moving, we're just like, all right, let's go. We, We do our drives as well. Driving comes in handy. I think with driving though, Sometimes it's like you got to have the materials in hand okay. to make sure that you're going to do something while you're, dr- while you're driving. Because if not, I think for most people nowadays, the go-to is just the passenger anyways. Like, I'm going to get on my phone and I'm going to veg. Makes or the sense. driver has to pay attention. Right. Um, and so having those materials to go, you know what? We got to drive ahead. Let's make sure we answer these two or three questions. Mm-hmm. Or let's, let's go through this guide and... and talk about these together Mm -hmm. and i think that helps when we do have bigger stuff though and we need to just get out get it out of get it off our chest Mm -hmm. it's like let's just go we're going to do a walk and talk our kids are old enough now they can stay home and and we'll roll Mm -hmm. Uh, when the kids were younger it's a little bit tougher Mm -hmm. and yet we would still make that happen that's one of the quick thing I'd add with that too is that sometimes whether you're sitting in your living room having a conversation or the dining room or even your bedroom, there's a lot of emotional weight mm-hmm. in those particular rooms. So if you can you know, create a shift in the atmosphere, right. literally a shift in the environment, right. you can kind of break through or break free of that, that emotional energy associated with a particular room or what's happened previously in, in that, that room. room. That makes yeah. sense. Very good. I like that. That, That's it, right. that adds a lot of perspective. Right. And it also, it also teaches that you can uh, begin to kind of look for some things that work for you. Right. That's right. Often we try to fit into like a cookie cutter type way of communicating or yeah. a cookie cutter type way of, of dealing with conflict resolution and that type of thing. But and then find, get frustrated when right, it doesn't, when it doesn't work, work and mm-hmm. say, this doesn't work. My marriage doesn't work because we can't communicate when you might just need to find another way. Mm-hmm. It's a tool. It's, it's another tool. tool. So th- that tool doesn't work. I, if I'm working on my countertop for some reason, and I have a crescent wrench in my hand and I'm banging a nail, it's the wrong tool for the job. Mm-hmm. I need to pull the hammer out of my toolbox and use my hammer. But sometimes you don't know that. So somebody has to come beside you and say, hey, you know what, bud? Here's a hammer. Use it. So. I think in a marriage, a lot of times it's like, what's in my toolbox and what am I using? And how am I using that to approach my marriage, my spouse, even myself? How am I, how am I using those pieces and applying them in these different areas? I love it. That's good. Very good. That's great. Let me ask you a question. It's kind of a out of left field question, but it obviously fits in with what we're talking about. How important is sex in a marriage? We think it's so important that we actually encourage the one family to create their own intimacy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. to actually schedule hard. sex. And, and you know, the intimacy lifestyle, actually, it came out of that 60 days of sex challenge, right? We'd had sex every, well, 40 out of 60 days. So in a two-month period, we took, that was like a September and October. We took the month of November off. I'm like, I just need to <laughs> We need a break. We need a break. We're both a little tired. Uh, but, Even I was tired. I was like, I need a, I need a build up again. But then, 
heading into to you know that new year, the year after, it was like, well, what do we what do we do? How do we continue to foster this connection between the two of us? What does this look like? How do we keep you know, both of us initiating, since I was the one that never initiated before the 60 days of sex challenge, how do we keep this on, you know, in the forefront? And so the intimacy lifestyle really has become a tool for the one family to, mm. to do this. It's, it's a series of questions and conversations to say, okay, you know, what do we want our sex life to look like? How often do we want to have sex? How are we going to, you know, take turns initiating? You know, what does, what does it look like for the two of us to make sexual intimacy a priority? Mm-hmm. And it's been amazing how many couples have have adopted this lifestyle, this idea, made it their own, kind of like we were talking about earlier with communication, mm-hmm. you know, and said, this is what we're going to do because we understand that, that that touch, that intimacy that we can only have with our spouse, mm-hmm. that's critical. We have got to be as intentional about that as we are about everything else that we do, if not more intentional. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, it, and it's... um. It's interesting that we don't often take the time to to learn about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're we're just kind of winging it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, this didn't work, or you just kind of mm-hmm. shut down after at to a, after a certain point because you're not expanding your mind, as it were. Because we do that in everything else, right? You think about your career. You're doing mm-hmm. uh, um, what is it called? Uh, the credits that you take the continuing the continuing, continuing education. Yeah. You do, you do that kind of stuff outside of your marriage all the time, but we seldom do it inside marriage. Yeah. And so it's, it's good that you mentioned that because that's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about being intentional and taking action, right? At the end of the day, how important is your marriage to you? Mm-hmm. Only you can make that determination. I would hope, and we would hope that it is really high up there for you. Yeah. And if it is, then you're going to pay attention to it and you're going to do something different than everybody else. And by being intentional and taking action in these different areas, maybe it is scheduling sex and starting your own intimacy lifestyle. Maybe it is taking on a challenge. I mean, we, we love our seven days of sex challenge because it's much shorter. And for most of us, you can stay focused for seven days. And we've had tens of thousands of couples do that and have had amazing amazing returns out of that because in a week, what can happen when they're intentional and they take action. And so a lot of what we'd love to share is just what are those little tips? What are those little tools? What are those little things that you can do that are huge for you and your spouse? That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I'm going to turn the corner just a little bit and I'm going to ask you this question. So you mentioned in your bio that you sent to us that, you know, your relationship has gone through issues with pornography and financial crisis and child loss. So how did the financial crisis and the child loss, how did that affect your relationship? Wow. Uh, well, let's start with the financial okay. crisis we'll first, yeah. because that was even like, that was huge. I mean, we were over 50000 in debt. Um, and that was about five years into our marriage and it was crippling and it was, it was crippling for me. It was crippling. I think for Elisa, it was crippling the, the lack of conversations we had around finances early on in our marriage caused that Mm. we were ashamed. We felt guilty. So all of that built up and really held us, I would say captive Mm -hmm. to making change. Fortunately, I ran across Dave Ramsey when we were living in Spokane, Washington for a period of time. And I really believe it was a, a godsend to be there because I listened and I heard what he was saying. And we were in a place where we could get radical. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And we did. We got radical mm. because our, our firstborn was about to come. And we just felt like, you know what? If there's any time, it's now. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we just went after it and cleared that up right before he was born. Yeah, I think we made the last payment just a couple of weeks before he was born, just on all our credit card debt and, and whatnot. But it was, I grew up in a family where my parents um, declared bankruptcy Uh And we went through the bankruptcy process during my high school years. Mm -hmm. And so financial insecurity was within the marriage really rocked me because I had already been through that right as a child. And that was one of the things I remember telling Tony, like, I will never be financially insecure. And here we find ourselves not just then, but, you know, subsequently years later in um, 08, going from 08 to 2012, we actually lost our home. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so there have been these seasons where we've had the financial insecurity and just, you know, robbing of us of our intimacy and our ability to connect because yeah. of the fear. Wow. The fear and the guilt and the shame just all wrapped around finances. And, and that was something that, you know, was mirrored in between that time. So in between those two major financial crises, uh, that's when we lost our son, Andrew, uh-huh. um, in 2003. And that was, um, his birthday is actually the day after our 16-year-olds. So we had one in, one in the middle of Dece- you know, December 13th, and then Andrew's birthday is December 14th. And just going through that loss of, you know, he was, he was delivered. Um, I was on a maternity floor. So, you know, we heard babies crying and things like that. And just knowing that we were going to go home with empty arms and, and being in a place where... Tony and I, I just couldn't connect with Tony. It wasn't that he wasn't trying, but we were each walking. What I didn't know then, and what I think is important for married couples to know, is that you walk the grief journey differently. Mm-hmm. And so I was walking my grief journey, Tony, and I couldn't... It's very hard when you're in that place to see that the other person is also grieving. Right. right. And so there was a huge disconnect. I remember Tony's parents sent us away for Valentine's Day, you know, two months later, and I remember being in the hotel bed going, dear God, please don't let him touch me. Please don't let him touch me, please. And then sitting you know, at, in the restaurant going, I can't even look at him. Aww. And I, you know, I see that God is such a restorer because here we are you know, 15 years later. And, and this is what we're doing for married couples. And so it's that fact that you can work through the grief process. Mm-hmm. But you, again, like everything we've been talking about, it is a process. It's not right. just like, oh, we're all better. Right. right, exactly. It's, yeah. it's, you know, two steps forward, three steps back, a step forward, moving sideways. And right. just, you know what? We're in this together. We're a team. Yeah. And if you're not there, you know, reach out for help. I think mm-hmm. that's one thing that we didn't do. And mm-hmm. because of that, we, we went through a lot of struggle. And I think it's, it's wiser to reach out for that help. Mm-hmm. Right. Find that coach. Find that counselor. Find that therapist earlier than later because if you can if you can get it and attack what's happening earlier mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna heal much quicker mm-hmm. and you're gonna have a longer path of healing than if you wait 10 years yeah and then try to go get help because right. now you got to take care of those 10 years and so we didn't we didn't jump on that quick enough mm-hmm. and if it were to happen to us again i mean i would be on it like yeah. tomorrow and just be like okay who do we know? Who are we reaching out to? Who do we trust? Who do who can who can resource us? Let's go. Yeah. Because we need to be there to get the help yeah. and assistance to be able to navigate that time together. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah you I need agree. you need the support. 
I agree. Yeah, that, that, that's a crucial component. I definitely agree with that. <clears throat> Let me ask you guys, with working with couples, the, you know, you do a lot of work with couples. You have the, the seven days of sex challenge and um, just given the critical nature of uh, sexuality within marriage. I want to ask you guys a question as it relates to what you see when you work with couples. Mm-hmm. If we're if we were to pull back the layers, if you will, of uh, sexual dysfunction in whatever form in mm-hmm. relationships, what's at the core of that? Generation? Rejection. Rejection. Hmm. And that can take a lot of different forms. Um, you can have you know, rejection due to pornography, mm-hmm. right? Where one spouse is chosen and both men and women are viewing pornography and reading erotica. Yeah. So this is not a right. all men type of thing. Not but, at all. But, you know, the sexual rejection of choosing something else. Right. Right. You can have rejection in the terms of what's the priority in the marriage, right? Is work the priority? Are your kids the priority? You know, there's all of these other things that are good, right? And society will tell you, oh my gosh, you're such a provider. You work so hard. You know, here's the gold star. Look at, look at how great your kids are. You know, they do all of these kinds of things. And we're, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses and the Smiths and everybody else to, you know, have these amazing kids. And then at the end of the day, we get to our bedrooms and we've been so busy, Mm. so busy that we don't have anything else to give. We have nothing left. Yeah. We, we have nothing left, just like yep. you said, Denise. And we have nothing to give to the one person that we said, you will be my number one. Wow. That's deep. That is. That's deep. And it happens a lot. Consistently. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It happens consistently. You kind of already did this, but just going down that same road, if you had to give a trade secret or a piece of advice, if you will, to the husbands and a trade secret to the wives as it relates to trying to heal, attempting to heal what you just talked about, what would it be? I would say you've got to schedule time together. Okay. We're so busy that, you know, our doctor's appointments, our kids' activities, you know, volunteering at church, everything else will make it onto our calendar. And yet it's rare if you pull up in somebody's calendar and you're like, let me see your calendar. You know, they always say, you know, what's on your calendar tells you where your priorities are. It's mm-hmm. very rare for somebody to open up their calendar and say, this is husband time or this is wife time. And I'm not even talking about scheduling sex. I'm, schedule those conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't just give lip service to date night. Actually, like, go do something Yeah. besides mm-hmm. dinner and a movie. Right. With your spouse. Get to know. Be intentional. Mm. Right? We're... Yeah. we're you said it earlier, Oliver, you know, we're, we're not doing the continuing education in our marriages, mm-hmm. right? The person that you married, I don't care if it was two weeks ago or 20 years ago, they've changed. Yes, yes they absolutely. And if you don't continue to learn who they are, it's a very real possibility that you're going to lose them. Wow, that's good. Wow. That's major advice. Mm-hmm. And you said, you said the word that came to my mind when you were talking, and it, be intentional. Be intentional. Mm-hmm. The intentionality that it takes to really do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you don't, and, and you don't necessarily have to have it written on your calendar, but you know it's here. Like right. Elisa and I do the intimacy lifestyle and have been doing it for nine years. We've been scheduling sex. It's up here, mm-hmm. and what I'm pointing to is my brain and my head, mm-hmm. because we know it. We know yeah. how it works. We've set it up enough times. When we did first set it up, we did have a calendar. We would look at it and, and understand it. We do our conversations. We do those walk-in talks. We, we make sure we're going off on a coffee break. We're doing these things, and they become habit in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily in our calendar 
as we would put an appointment now. And yet there was a time when we would, we would have to make sure that was in there. Cause if we didn't, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't going to, it wasn't going to get done. And it's not because we, and I would say it wasn't because we were oh so busy. I think it was because we were oh so lazy. Wow. We, we were, we were, Oh, we'll get to that later. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that conversation. Oh, well, it's because we were lazy. We were apathetic. We weren't taking any action. And huh. so without action being taken, you feel like you have no power. You have no forward progress. You feel like you're still in the dumps. You still feel like you're just in your same muck. And yet once we started moving and going, okay, this is working, even if it's not working perfectly, at least it's a much better place than where we've been. So yeah. let's keep tweaking, mm-hmm. tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. Our intimacy lifestyle, does it work perfectly every week? No. no. Do we keep tweaking it? Do we keep discussing it? Yes. Do we keep approaching each other and saying, hey, what happened last week? Mm. That it was off. Like you didn't initiate. I had to initiate. You know, we, and we just continue that conversation knowing that we're never going to be perfect, but at least we're constantly taking action and moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's very that's good. good. Yeah. That is a, that's a good one. Can, can you give me another one? <laughs> you want another trade secret? I would say, I would say this is for all the husbands out there, man, take your wife out. And seriously, when you take her out, don't put everything on her plate. Do what you need to do to set it up. So she can take a break. I know you're working. I know you got a lot on your plate as well. And yet, treat her like a queen. Treat her like the princess that she is. When you, when you met her, court her like you did then, now. Mm-hmm. You know, d- does it mean you got to go get the babysitter? Might be. Go get the babysitter. Go schedule the babysitter up. Does it mean you're going to pick the restaurant? Sure thing. Don't sit in your driveway or in your garage going, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then her looking at you going, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't care. What do you want to do? And I mean, you're just going back, take it, go take, take action, bro. Like stand yeah. up, like take her somewhere, man, order her dinner. You know what she likes, you know, even call ahead, do something fun. You know what I mean? So court her again. And I, I love doing that with Elisa. I don't know if it's like we used to be when we were first dating 24 years ago, but I'm sure as heck going out there and where do you want to go? Where do you want to stay? I'm going to call the travel agent. I'm going to like, let's go do this because I want to just love on you. And this is a way that I can show that to you without her having to pick up a hand or <clears throat> think about it, but just let's go. I love that. That's Spon- awesome. Spontaneity. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And responsibility. Spontaneity yeah. and re- take responsibility for all of it. I love that. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Good stuff. Every time we get to this point in the conversation, I want to keep going. <laughs> but I know that there's a there is a time consciousness that we have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Right. So I could talk to your or I could allow you to talk forever and we would. We could talk for years. nine years. Right. <laughs> got at least nine years under our belt. So. Right. Exactly. Good stuff. So we may have to do it again one day. We may have, right. to have to have you um, back. We're going to have a little fun. Turn the corner a little bit. Have a little fun. Um, and I'll let wifey talk about that. Okay, so we have what we call the 60-second think fast, right? Okay. And it's just, I'm going to ask you 10 questions, and I'll, I'll alternate back and forth between you, Tony, and then Elisa. And it's just simple questions like, what color do you prefer, black or white? That kind of thing. And you have to pick one of the two answers. You have 60 okay. seconds to do it. Ollie's going to set the timer to put us under pressure a little bit. <laughs> I love it. 
All right. You ready? You ready? Here we go. I'm going to start with you, Elisa. Okay. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Uh, Tony, see the movie or read the book? Uh, Come on, dude. (laughs) See the movie. (laughs) Elisa, summer or winter? Oh, summer. Tony, morning person or night owl? Morning person. Elisa, small town or big city? Ooh, big city. Tony, car or truck? Car. Elisa, gym or outdoor exercise? Outdoor. Tony, tropical island or ski resort? Tropical island. Elisa, action movie or comedy? Comedy. Tony, baseball or football? Football. <laughs> Last one. Try a new dish or play it safe? Try a new dish. Nice. With five awesome. seconds to spare. You did it on oh, the nice job, dude. <laughs> I stumbled on that first one. I could have picked both. Like, it's like a movie. If it's a really good movie, yeah. If it's a really good book, yeah. So I was like, yeah. yeah I hear you. <laughs> I, by the rules. No, I, I know, I know, rules. I know. There are rules, but I'm just telling <laughs> you where I was at. I was like, uh, I was, I was we, we could tell they're California folks too, right? Didn't like winter. Right. All the like warm the stuff. <laughs> Look, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I, oh, I've, so, yeah. I've done my time. Yeah, you know about that. We lived in Southwest Michigan for a while. Yeah, we've done our time too, so we. know you've done your time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. no thanks. Listen, before we let you guys get out of here, we we definitely need to know how to get a hold of you. Whatever you have coming up, how we can support books, all of those kinds of things. So just take a moment to just kind of let us know how we can get in touch with you guys. Yeah, so the best way to uh, get in touch with us is at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. You can find everything that's happening uh, with us and where we're going to be, live events, online workshops, our books, everything is there for you. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you have, and that's the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. And you know, just the first of the year, we talked about the 60 Days of Sex Challenge. We talked briefly about the 7 Days of Sex, but um, beginning of the year, we released our new, fully revised, updated second edition of 7 Days of Sex Challenge. So that's now available on Amazon, or you can come on over to the site and see that. But uh, start your own challenge. That's what I would challenge you this this year as you're listening to this, trying to do something new, getting out of your comfort zone. Start your own challenge and uh, see what happens. Very awesome. We love Man, that. Good stuff. Man, we appreciate it. I just want to say one um, something I didn't say earlier before I let you guys go. You guys talked about something that a group activity, I think you that you guys were over where you were talking about the Song of Solomon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? We just finished yeah, we did. Um, a year of going through that, um, a book oh, wow. called Ignited yeah. that we went through, that went through the Song of Solomon. Very, very candid and transparent look <clears throat> at, at sex and marriage. And it was great. It so was that's, great. that's very cool. It, yeah. was, it was eye-opening and I think it helped a lot of couples as well. And I mm-hmm. thought about that when you guys said you right. did something similar. Yeah. Right. We did, we did eight weeks on Intimacy Ignited, the mm-hmm. Dillo and Pintus book. Awesome. And uh, yeah. Same so. book, but we just, we just crammed it in in eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll work. Yeah, we did it, we did Otherwise, it once a month. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there, there, there you go. So it's still 12, you did it over 12 weeks in like right. 12, right. 12 sessions. Right. Oh, yes. it's a fantastic book. It anybody, anybody yeah. who wants to read that sexual intimacy from a godly perspective should right. dive into that book. It's it, we still have it on our bookshelf. Absolutely. Yeah, I we just have to. Too. I just have to say, I'm glad that we didn't do it over a year because I probably would have been in for a 365 day challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. just saying. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, listen, Tony and Elisa, we are so grateful. 
for the time that you have uh, taken out to spend with us and the the great information and trade secrets that you've dropped on us. We thank you so much. We appreciate you. Yes. It was great to finally have you. Honored and blessed, man. (laughs) Honored and blessed to have you guys, part of the one family, and and for having us on your show. It's truly been awesome. And uh, for all of you guys who are listening, dive in, man. Dive in. Main thing, pick one thing, take action, and let's go see your marriage get rocked. Man, sounds good. Appreciate it, man. We're going to have to stay in touch with you guys. Absolutely. Hey, thanks again. God bless you and everything that you're doing. Yeah. Um, May he just continue to grow your marriage and allow you to be uh, just a shining example of what can be. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Love you guys. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks a lot. This has been another episode of Trade Secrets. Make sure you visit www.denali.org for more engaging content and for other ways to connect with Oliver and Denise. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Until next time, God bless.